This podcast is brought to you by Voice of Vets. Voice of Vets. Hear it. Feel it. Feel it. Feel it. Feel it. Minister of Labor and Employment, Tulas Ngoisi, told MPs on Friday that the UIF is working on detecting instances of fraud. If necessary, forensic audits will be conducted. Ngoisi furthermore states that since the national lockdown started, the UIF paid out 28 million rand in COVID-19 TERF's benefit, covering 520,000 employers and 6 million laid-off employees, and telling the MPs that June will be the last month of COVID-19 payouts. Now, to unpack what all of this means, we are talking to Deboho Maruping, the UIF commissioner, to share with us directly what is happening with the UIF. Thank you, Deboho, for joining us. Now, firstly, what's the nature of the fraud cases that you are suspecting? I suppose it's not a suspect, it's a fraud case that has materialized. As you'd know, um, that had, uh, what was reported in the media over the weekend, uh, five people were arrested and appeared in court yesterday uh, for the 5.7 million rents that have uh, defrauded UIF. The nature of these fraud cases in the main is uh, someone stealing the identity of a company and using it to apply on behalf of the company, pretending to with the company and taking the form of the company with all the details of the company, including the employee records. That's what has transpired in this case in particular. Interesting stuff. So, Mr. Maruping, in in the wake of the continued rising number of employees that will be laid off over the course of this pandemic, what contingency measures will you put in place to ensure that the same issues don't arise in future? Yeah, that's a difficult one. The good thing with retrenchments is that UIF has done this over a period of more than 20 years. We have uh, systems, we have controls in place uh, that enables us to detect if there's any possible fraud that may happen. It's much easier and it's much quicker at at an employee level. I'm not really worried about possible fraud happening with em- with employees when the retrenchment happens. I am more worried about the volumes that will come if ever UIF will be able to cope with such huge volumes because that the estimation that we are receiving at this stage is that we may have more than 2 million people losing jobs over this period. So that's the, the only thing that bothers me with these retrenchments looming. We have heard complaints from the beginning of the national lockdown when lots of companies were crumbling and couldn't pay their employees' salaries. And the president announced that there will be funding to assist the UIF to be able to relieve those companies. As the commissioner, how has this process been for you thus far? And what systems had been put in place to assist in this? Uh, Thank you, Supposition. When the president announced that UIF... (laughs) Pardon me, I, I'm just recovering from flu, so my throat gives me problems every now and again. The president announced uh, the 40 billion rands that will be spent to relieve company companies of this burden of the pandemic. In the beginning, we started off with a, a manual solution, and I can tell you it was disaster. We had about 29,000, no, 39,000 employers applying, and of the 39,000 employers, we could only pay 34. And that was the amount of mistakes that companies have made. And only 34 companies could pull through, applying correctly, giving us the right information in the right file format, 
and we move immediately within a week we automated that whole process such that as the company applies most of the fields are mandatory and when you make a mistake you can pick it up immediately as you're applying and you can as you enter details whether it's id number company details registration number whatever details that you put in that you had made mandatory it became it became more and more easier and as time went we were even able to pay more than 1.2 billion rands in one day a surprise for all of us that we could we could be able to pay up at 1.2 billion rands moving away from paying just over 10,000 rands in one day so that was a great shift for us to automate the process and the other great shift was when we uh, started working with SARS in, in senses where we are not able to find the details of employees on our records. We could just go to SARS and do an auto check. And in that way, we are able to, uh, uh, to reconcile and be able to pay companies much quicker. So as far as these new systems put in place, can you, can you give us some insight as to whether or not they worked? Uh, I don't know if I must call you game. The, the, the system worked. I, I'm quite confident that the system worked uh, to an extent that we have done an unprecedented feat as an institution. About 700,000 cases per annum, paying about 10 billion rands in one year. And as I'm talking to you now, in a matter of two months, we're able to pay about 30 billion rands for over 6.7 million South Africans. That's the hundredfold of what you normally do. And for me, this kind of, of numbers that we're able to do because we've automated the solution says, yes, indeed, the system was working. And it doesn't mean there were no issues. It does not mean there were no issues along the way. Yes, there were issues, but we're able to, to overcome some of the issues to be able to reach out to 6.7 million South Africans. We had spoken to Mr. Molema in May to take us through the processes because at that time, most companies that had applied were complaining that they haven't been paid ever since the announcement of the COVID-19 relief. Some companies even currently have said they have not been paid since the beginning of the relief funding. Could this be the truth? Are they still going to get paid? Are we expected to see more payouts happening or is it just a recurrence of previous payouts? Thank you, uh, companies that have not been paid yet for April or for May are going to be paid. They are going to be paid provided they meet the requirements. Suppose uh, they look like you have a car. I, I can imagine if you are going to claim for your car insurance, they're not going to pay until you give them complete information. Whether they want you to go and report the case at the police, they want an accident report, and they want to know exactly what happened. If you don't give them all that info, they're not going to process or claim at all. In fact, they may even repudiate your claim. Now, whereas with UIF, we are not repudiating any of these claims, and the majority of them are incomplete for one reason or the other. I'm just looking at, at my records now as I'm talking to you, uh, that majority of the claims that we have, over 106,000, is ID not found. So that means an employer applied for someone, and we've picked up a number of them. They use the same ID number 15 times, but the only thing they change, they change the last four digits or they change the middle digits. And for us, it signals a possible fraud. You cannot be using the same ID number 100 times. There's certain employers that are using the same 
uh, account number for employees and they've applied for about 5,000 employees, they, they use the same account number. It's not possible. That means there's something wrong either with the account number or with what the company is trying to do. You see, and these are some of the things that we've picked up as issues. If these companies fix all these things, like your invalid branch code for a company that has been given to us, branch code is not found. Um, Some of them, uh, 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 they're applying for clients that that are already enjoying a UIF benefit. These are some of the reasons why some of these employees are not paid is because of these reasons. But once they, they have these things fixed, we are good to go. We'll pay them. I think everything you've just mentioned segues neatly into my next question, Mr. Maruping. We've seen cases of employees who don't uh, or employers, rather, who don't declare their employees but continue to deduct UIF from their salaries monthly. How common were these cases during this pandemic, and how are you dealing with this? Oh, Camilish, they are very common. It's actually worrisome. But at the same time, um, there's so much good that has come out of this pandemic, especially for UIF. Most of the companies that had applied for UIF were able to go to SARS and be able to confirm there and pay them because they were, they were declaring via SARS. But the other majority that have not declared their employees, which means they had not insured their employees, we had advised them to go to U-filing. And once they go to U-filing, they must declare their employees, which automatically upload into our database and we automatically run a calculation and pay them. But what it means in the long run, Camille, is that one, this employee, this employer owe, owe UIF contribution, that we are going to go back to them and give them a debt letter that for the past five years, you've had these employees working for you, you've never declared them, you've never paid contributions for them, so you owe us contributions of five years, you owe us penalties of five years, you also owe us interest of five years. And this is what these companies will have to pay back to UIF because right now they are enjoying an insurance that they have not paid for. So we hear that June was the last month of COVID-19 relief payout. What will happen in the coming months as more companies have closed down and more employees have lost their jobs? Will the UIF be able to assist employees? And if not, where are these employees expected to go and seek relief? Uh, there's, uh, we are talking about two different benefits. Now, the, 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 the COVID-19 test is meant for the lockdown, and it ends, on the, uh, uh, it ends in June. And ending in June, let me just be clear, so that people uh, don't think that we've already closed our doors. Ending in June, it means we are only paying for April, May, and June. But the dose of payments for COVID-19 tests continues until we've cleared every single application that we've received for April, May, and June. So it will continue until late, uh, until at the point where the minister uh, will decide to pronounce and say, now we've paid enough for April, May, and June. We're no longer going to be paying any more money. Now, after, uh, after that benefit, if a company closes down, literally closes down, meaning uh, people loses their jobs, now, that introduces the employees to another benefit that we called an unemployment benefit. With the, an unemployment benefit, we expect, well, given that it could be a, a huge number of people who lose jobs, 
our approach is twofold. One, we will be sending people to the companies where we'll send our employees to go and sit with companies and help companies to apply for their employees. And secondly, we could use the same solution that we're using now for companies to apply for, for ordinary benefit because it's much quicker. <clears throat> and employees can also go to our labor centers to apply for the UIF unemployment benefit, which pays over a period of 12 months. So we'll be able to pay for people for a 12-month period when they lose their jobs. Uh, depending on the availability of their credits, they could easily enjoy UIF benefit for 12 months. Uh, that's just one intervention. There's other interventions that we will be introducing also during the month of July, August, and September around returning people who lose their jobs back into employment. Uh, those uh, discussions are still underway right now, and we are reviewing a number of proposals that will help us to take people back into employment. We also had a th have a third uh, intervention called Temporary Employer-Employee Relief Scheme. Uh, this one that we're talking to is a COVID test. We have our original uh, test, Temporary Employer-Employee Relief Scheme, where we assist companies that are in distress and need they are in distress either both financially and operationally, and they have a turnaround plan, and all they need is a salary relief for a period. We are able also to intervene there and assist companies to survive for another 12 months if they have a turnaround plan. UIF Commissioner Mr. Deboho Maruping joining us here on the COVID report, talking to us in the wake of Minister of Labor and Employment Tulas Ngwesi telling um, MPs on Friday that the UIF is working on detecting instances of fraud as well as the news that emerged that June will be the last month of COVID-19 payments and what that means for the rest of our continued fight against the COVID-19 pandemic. Bob Deboho, thank you so much for joining us here on the COVID report. Thank you, sir. And thanks, Superstition. Uh, this podcast was brought to you by Voice of Vids. By Voice of Vids. To hear more of our shows, tune in to 88.1. 88.1. Or streams, streams. via www.valfm.co.za.